Yo, what's poppin'? your man Dean Edwards in the building once again, baby. We still at sea. How crazy is that? You know what I'm saying? Um, yo, uh, welcome to another episode of Father Monk Protocol. Uh, as you all well know, you know brother still, he's still somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. It's all about the tone. Me. And, uh, yo, you know what? Two weeks in a row, got my Road Dog series popping off. That's what I'm calling it. Anytime I'm on the road and I want to, uh, you know, interview somebody on the road with, you know, these are the road warriors. Uh, my boy Todd Lynn used to call it. These, these are the cats. Anytime I interview somebody, these are the cats that we pretty much, Todd would say, kept keeps the comedy business alive because, obviously, you have the, the big stars, um... That you got to go, you know, pay uh, to see in concert, really. But then you have the cats, uh, along with myself, that keep comedy clubs open. You know, the the journeymen, comedians, as it were. And last week, uh, shout out to my man, uh, Pete Corielli. Make sure you check out um, his podcast with Sebastian Maniscalcoc. Uh I always forget how to say Sebastian's last name. And, um... And shout out to our, our All Things Comedy Network. Check out some of our friends on there. Ian Edwards, Sucker, Ian Edwards, Sucker Comic Rant. Uh, my man Dean Del Rey's uh, uh, Let There Be Talk. Uh, 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 my man Ari Shafir's uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Skeptic, what is it, The Skeptic Tank? And um, Bill, Billy's uh, Monday morning, Monday morning podcast, you know. And but bigger than all that, right now, got my man repping, repping the 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 home of Fonzie. <laughs> <laughs> my man, no. he's he's been doing a great job. He's hosted a bunch of shows while I've been on this ship, um, both on this contract and, and a couple of times last year. My man, the teddy bear of comedy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> James Irvin Perry. Yeah! Got my man James. James, what's poppin'? How you doing, bro? I am fantastic, man. Cool, cool. Real quick, let everybody know uh, where they can follow you on social media. On Instagram, I am uh, actually Teddy Bear of Comedy. Mm-hmm. On um, what is it? Facebook, I can be found under Teddy Bear of Comedy, and um. Twitter is under my full name, James Irvin Berry. That's James E R V is in Victor I N B E R R Y. James Irvin Berry. Boom, and there you have it. And um, like I said, James uh, a road warrior, man, road dog. This is actually because you've done. By the time you finish this particular uh, trip or contract, as in the, if you want to use the jargon. Uh, <laughs> Um, you'll have done what six weeks on the ship this time. This yes, this yeah. is six six weeks. Now each time you've been on is has it been a six week run? It's been um, six four or six mostly six. Okay, yeah. okay. And when was your first time on the uh, on the cruise ship? April twentieth of last year. Oh dang! You remember the actual date? Yeah. I guess you know what we all do because I think mine was uh, was May tenth. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand. 2014 uh we actually met just to tell y'all a story uh to re uh, to revamp when we met uh last year when i got on the ship i saw rodney laney my man rodney 
that I know from the New York comedy scene. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, yo, they got two brothers on this ship. Wow, that's crazy, right? <laughs> right. So when he says, and Rodney, Rodney's like, yeah, you ain't going to believe this. They got a brother hosting us. So <laughs> I started, I, I ducked down and was like low crawling. I was like, word? I said, wait, they got three <laughs> black cats? Because that's almost unheard of. Yes. That's almost unheard of. Yeah. Um, to have not only two black comedians, but three. All of the comedy shows were fully chocolate. Yes. On on a cruise line that I won't say they don't necessarily cater to um, people of color. They definitely uh, you know stepped up their diversity game. But right. I think we who what what cruise line would you say most black people uh, cruise on? Carnival. Exactly. Most most black people I know when they cruise. They cruise on on Carnival Cruise Line, and I don't think it's because say Norwegian doesn't or 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 Royal Caribbean doesn't cater to. I think there's just at some point, you know, black people started going on Carnival, and so when people when other people like, well, I don't know if I ain't never been on the cruise. People like, well, I don't go on Car- Carnival, so a lot of brothers are like, well, I don't heard you know a couple of people I know went on Carnival, so I'm gonna go on Carnival too. I, I- I, I agree with you. I think it's that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything you said, I do agree with. A lot of it is word of mouth. But I think a couple other, a couple things is, if I'm not mistaken, I think Carnival has more charters mm-hmm. that um, that a lot of black organizations. Because mm. you know, you can always you can always rent the cruise ship to get whatever you know to do whatever you want. So let's say a, right. time, a time during a cruise. Let's say for example, okay. if that ship is a carnival ship right. and you go on, you're going on to see Tom Joyner or Sinbad or whoever. Ah. That if that ship is carnival, then that's announcing, you know, carnival is basically you're renting the ship, but they're right. ba- you're basically putting your name in their heads as well. Got it. And got I don't it. think, and I don't, you know, as far as I know, I've never heard of any everybody. You never heard of Tom Joyner rocking it out on Norwegian. On, on Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. So, right. and, and plus, everything I've heard about Carnival has always been it's the party ship. Okay. And so most okay. of the people I know who have been on Carnival are usually single, right? Or um, or couples like younger couples, right? Right. And right. so. This, you know, the ship that we own doesn't really cater. To, really, right. I mean, our ship caters to, to mainly families, families and right, older right, right, couples. Right. And so I think, you know, some of that, and probably price, I think, might have to do with it as well. Okay. Because on some of, the, you know, some of these ships, the smaller, smaller ships. Right. The smaller the ship is, the more money you're paying to be on that joke too. Right, because it's more exclusive. It's more exclusive. It's less people and, yeah. you're dealing with. Yeah. Whereas this ship, this is a pretty big ship. Yeah, it's like forty one hundred something like that. Ship um, holds forty one hundred. At people. least forty one hundred. And we ain't even including the crew. Right. So I think someone has to do with, you know, price and affordability and that kind of thing as right, well. So right. that's going to... I ain't want to say that too. and blow up black people's uh, spot. I ain't either. Nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> 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 how's your experience been? Because you all, like, back back in the States, you're from... Now, you're from Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, yes. Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Um, and... You play, you headline clubs, you know, all on the road or what have yes. you. So, what's your experience been in comparison um, to? Uh, well, you know what? Even before that, how'd you get started uh, with the cruise ships? No, no, just on getting on stage. Oh my God! Um, the first time, I, it wasn't even me getting on stage. Okay, this is what happened. <laughs> we was I was at a um, the church that I was going to um, at the time. They had a uh, appreciation service for the pastor and his wife. Okay. Okay. And so um, they, they, they actually had it. It was a um, it was a non-denominational church. They actually had it at like a like a hall. 
Okay. And so, you know, we had the instruments and everything, and, right. you know, everybody was playing. Now, you so played... I played the drums. I played, played drums. the drums. Okay. And so, um, and so what was going on was everybody was having remarks, and so each person would get the mic and say what they want. And you know right. how people are when it comes to church folks. Everybody was schmoozing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love you so much. Uh-huh. You are so awesome. And, you, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm still sitting on the drums, and I really didn't have nothing to say. But after it got to like the twenty fifth person, just tell everybody how wonderful they how were. wonderful the pastor which, was. Which was not it was not like it was false because they right. were they were right. awesome people. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I want to say something. So I was the last person to okay. get up to say anything. The lady who was the MC didn't even want me to talk. When Why? I got, because she she was like, you know, we out of time. Because when I walked up, nobody. It was no line. It was over. Mm-hmm. Not not over, but it was at that. She thought this person talking was it. Right. And I said, well, I want to say something. And okay. she was like, no, we ain't got no. I was like, I'm like, you let everybody else say something. I want to say something, too. Why well, she hating the drummer. Exactly. And so uh, this was this what she did, man. So she said something where she was trying to rib me mm. to the audience. Mm-hmm. And she turned to me and she uh, she shoved the mic in my hand mm. and said, you got five minutes. Uh-uh. Mind you. We are in front of a bunch of church folks. Right. Like this is the one place you should be like cool. Right. So I get up there and I basically was just I basically just told like maybe two or three stories. I, I think I I think I talked about the first time my mom got prayer at the church because she wasn't the person to get in prayer lines. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about my dad going to the church and I think it was one other thing. I just remember, man, people this dude in the front row named Brother Ben. Was the old like the oldest member of the church? He Brother was crying. Brother Ben sound like a deacon. Actually, in most churches, he would have been a deacon. Yeah, <laughs> he was on security, but yeah. Okay. And so he was like, he, I just remember him grabbing the napkin, like wiping his eyes. Oh, okay. Like okay. he was cracking up at uh, what I was saying. But the interesting thing was, I didn't get up there to be funny. Right. You were just. I was just being telling them what, tell them what, the, tell them what happened, and then, um, and then after service, after it was over. Um, I think I was packing up the drums, mm-hmm. and the pastor just walked up to me. He was like, "You missed your second calling." Mm. I said, "What are you talking about?" He was like, "Dude," he said, "He said you are. He said you you kill the drum. You right. are a killer on the drums." Right. He was like, "But man, you you need to go. You need to get into stand up comedy." Oh wow. He was like, he, "He said I don't know what you need to do." He said, "I don't know if you need to go to L.A. and bust tables till you get discovered or what." Mm-hmm. He was like, "But you are." He was like, "You are funny." Oh wow. And so I was like, "Really." I was like, wow, that's, thank you. But, right. You know, in, in my registry, it had never, I had always been maybe the sidekick funny. Okay. But I never was, and I've always made my friends laugh, but right. I never, it never registered to me, you, can get, paid, you can get paid choice. to do this. Right. Like, you know. Right. And so, a couple months later, um, I was always, I'm one of the people that would always take like self-improvement classes, like photography okay. and all this okay. other stuff. And so, I remember telling my mom, I'm like, I don't know, mom. I was like, I don't, I wouldn't even know how to get into stand-up comedy. Mm. So a couple months after that, maybe three to four months after that, this this local college had the uh, continuing education kind of classes. Okay. And so uh, I'm dumbing through continuing education classes. Boom. And I see it. Com- stand-up comedy. Like somebody was advertising mm-hmm. a stand-up comedy class. Oh, wow. And it was like three levels, beginning, intermediate, advanced. And it was at the at this college they were mm. having this class, and it turns out the person who was teaching the class mm-hmm. was the booker of the comedy club that was two miles from my house. Right. And 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 I was never on that side of town, so I never even I didn't even know it existed. Right. So it wasn't even you know. So I took the class, 
Which also, just on a side note, for for people, any any like new jacks that uh, because people sometimes will say, yeah, man, like come up to you, I'm sure, you always want to get into comedy, and people don't necessarily know the the necessary steps or or avenues of how to get there, and that's not to say you have to take a stand up comedy class, but if you if you're in a if you're in a a, a town or a city that you don't know how to go about it. It's really about just getting around it, and usually someone that either runs a club yep. or runs a night yeah. teaches, you know, because it's it's an it's a little side gig that right. they can make. And, and I know I I know comics that are anti anti like me. You can't you can't teach it. It right. has to come from here. But I also understand the uh, the the purpose of some of those those um, classes. Is to give people like yourself a, 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 a an angle into the realm, a road into the the realm that that otherwise they wouldn't know how to necessarily go about. Okay, do I go and hang out at a club right. and, and eventually keep hanging out? Eventually, they'll give me a shot. Whereas it sounds like this this class, as with a bunch of classes in New York City, they um they'll take the class and then. Their final uh, project is they get five minutes on and a, that's, on and a that's show. And that's how it was. Right. But, but, but let, me, let me make one clarification, mm-hmm. which was actually the way they advertised this class, mm-hmm. technically it wasn't advertised as a stand-up comedy class. Okay. What they actually were doing was, it was kind of like, um, you would, are you a lawyer and you would like to spruce up your presence? You okay, know, Pu- public speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. kind of like in okay. that vein. It was like in that kind of, you know, are you a, are, you know, do you have to present and you want to be a little bit, right. would you like to punch up your presentation right. with some, it was kind of like. Are you a stripper and want to work on your presentation? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It was like, you know, do you want to add a humor to right. it? It was kind of right. like that. I don't okay. remember it being a, but but I, I saw, you know, comedy and I'm like, oh, okay. And then it turns out, because people in my class were. You know, I, it was lawyers in my class, right. doctors, right. nurses. I mean, it was some of everybody from all different, you know, occupations mm-hmm. was in the classroom. So <clears throat> everybody wasn't trying to be a stand-up comic. I wasn't. Like, right. Like, I didn't even, you know. You were just looking for some enlightenment from based on your your, your minister saying, yeah, exactly. hey, Mr. Calling. Yeah. You're like, let me go try, yeah. try this. It, okay. it, was, it was literally that simple. Okay. It was, and and that's, that's literally how it started for me. So you you took did you take all three levels? This is what happened. I took the I took I want to say I took the first one. I was doing the open mics. Um, was there a cost involved? It was yeah. It was like uh, was it uh, eighty five dollars? Oh, that's not bad. Eighty five dollars for it, like four weeks. It, it was yeah. It was like eighty five dollars for six weeks or a hundred. Okay. It was something okay. like that. And if I'm if I recall right, at the time the job that I was at, the day job that I was at had reimbursement for stuff like that oh so technically i don't even think i the job paid for it yeah i mean oh, they pretty much dope. paid for that's dope they, yeah so i think i took maybe the first i want to say i took the first class and then did the graduation and i remember because my sister was actually Kate in labor she oh was in labor that night of the graduation so she didn't come make your show. She didn't make the show. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Right. Or your so, niece and nephew come, had an interesting yeah, welcome. Exactly. But uh, so it was something like that. And then I, I I think I had quit like two or three times in between. And then I ended up taking. Quit your the, job? Or I quit, quit. I'm sorry. I quit messing with stand up. Because oh, okay. I didn't think I was funny. What happened was when I did the when I did the class, mm-hmm. I, did, I felt like I wasn't as funny as I was at that banquet. 
Ah, so so you so you felt like you were not recapturing the magic exactly. yeah. that you had captured that that night. Exactly. That night because there was no pressure. Exactly. There were there were no expectations. Right. And now you actually once which is interesting because once you you know people always ask I don't understand how you guys get up in there and do that. I always tell people after that first time on stage and in your case that first time being funny to a to a large group of people mm -hmm. you're always chasing that first high. Yes. You know and to this day I'm yes, still sir. I'm still my 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 20 Three year anniversary comes up in, in like uh, on the twenty, it's the twenty first of of this month. Twenty first, twenty second. I always uh, forget uh, of February. And so I'm still no matter how dope a show is, it's still not that first show. Listen, I have gotten standing ovations right. more than once. Right. And it still does not it's feel not, like it's not that first. <laughs> it still does not feel like that. Well, why? Why do you think that? that well, I, you know what? Because I think it's one of those things where um, the first time you do it, like the exhilaration, right? All of that comes into play, right? Right. Where, where it's just like, I'm not gonna be able to, I'm not gonna be able to duplicate this. Because right? now is is also you're you're expecting now. Yeah. Now that you've done it for a good amount of time, and you've gotten you've gotten better at it than you were that first time, obviously. But you also. You have expectations of yourself. You you know how to do it. It's almost like riding a bicycle. Now, yeah. Whereas that first time you rode a bike and you and and your your father or your brother or your mother let go of the bike and you realize you were pedaling and riding and balancing right. on your own and you yeah, had that yeah. smile. You're like, yo, I got this. Yeah. And now you know you go on to be. I don't know, uh, like some some worldwide <laughs> X Games <laughs> champion. Right. 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 And you're 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 enjoying what you do. You love what you do, but you still don't have the same feeling. Yeah. That you had that first time. You realize, oh, I got this. Yeah, because it's all brand new. And it was brand it, new. It, it wasn't until years later, years after I had been doing stand up comedy, uh -huh. until I figured out why I did. Why did I? I understood years later why I got the big laughs on that night mm -hmm. and didn't get them in the class. And why? Why? Because what? because of the reference point. Okay. I was talking about my mom and my dad. Everybody knew my mom and my dad. This is in the class? Or? I'm sorry, yeah, okay. I need to be more specific. <laughs> at the banquet, okay. when I was at the banquet and I'm talking, I'm talking about my mom and my dad who everybody knows. Okay, everybody in the congregation everybody knows that, your everybody family. Everybody was there knows my mom and dad. They know you know, how my dad is, how, mm. you know, he's, I don't want to say arrogant, but he kind of, he is self-centered, especially mm. the way he dresses. Right, right. And so everybody knows how sweet my mom is. She don't play that. So getting in the prayer line for her right. is a big deal. Right. So... To, to to say everything I'm seeing, the picture is already there. Right. They already know who I'm talking about. Right. So I don't have to do as much work, which you learn later on. Right. You're responsible for setting up the whole picture. Right. Because right. these people don't know who your family and your relatives are. Right. And so, or whoever you're talking about. Right. Unless everybody knows what you're talking about, you have to set it up a different way. Right. And okay. so, it wasn't until years later that I understood, like, oh, that's... That's why I wasn't getting as many laughs right. in the class. In the class, because you know, they, they, because these lawyers and, and doctors and strippers, they didn't know you exactly. They didn't know your yeah, family and your family, reference but, point but versus everybody. Know, you know, everybody knows Roosevelt. Right. Everybody right. knows Sylvia in this church. So, okay. You know, it it it, it made it um it made the laughs bigger because mm -hmm. they 
They're laughing out of what they know. They know what I'm talking about. So, so okay, so from from you doing the class to then deciding you're going to pursue comedy at least part-time and then full-time, like, wh wh where was the transition? Where were you working at the time before <clears throat> you, uh... And then, and at what point did you just, did you say, you know what, I'm going to start hitting these stages? Or did you just automatically go from the class to then say, oh, you know what, maybe I could, maybe I could do this? I, I was, I was doing, the, I did the classes and I started doing the open mics. Um, I was, I got, I got stage time at my comedy club. Okay. Um, the one, one time, and that's where me quitting came in a couple times. Quitting one, comedy. Quitting comedy a couple okay. times. <laughs> Thank you for keep me specific. Hey man, because I'll make a statement and not be as specific. Um, so one of the times I quit comedy was because, and I didn't know what I, I didn't know I didn't have to at the time, but the job I was at downsized. They cut the position, mm -hmm. and so to collect unemployment, you couldn't have any other side jobs. I was only emceeing, mm -hmm. so I couldn't receive pay from the comedy club because it would. Mess with okay, mess your, with your my unemployment money, and that's a big deal. And they couldn't just pay you under the table. But I didn't know about that. Oh, okay. I wasn't I wasn't even aware of that until after I came back. Okay. Um. So I know one time it was job related. The other time I was just frustrated because people kept saying we want to move you up, we're gonna move you up, and then yeah. from from MC to headline. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, from MC feature. to feature. Okay. We're gonna move you up, but nobody would give me a date. Right. And for those that don't understand, um. The, the the difference as as a comedian you know you you might start out where a club starts giving you love by allowing you well first a club might start off by giving you a check spot that's when they're running a, a comedy show and then usually uh right before like if it's a showcase club so for instance um in new york city let's use i don't know stand up new york uh comedy club for an example stand up new york has uh, does showcase shows. They don't. They don't really do headliner shows. They just right. have. They'll have every show um, every night of the week. They'll have maybe six comics on. Yeah. There's a host. Um, there will be five comedians each doing twelve to fifteen minute sets, and then right before the last comic, they'll the, they'll drop checks. That's why if you notice, a lot of comedy clubs will have a two drink minimum or two item minimum. So when when they when they say what a, what's when they do what's called dropping checks, they will give the the wait staff about ten minutes to pass out the checks and then retrieve the pay for all of the checks about ten fifteen minutes usually ten, uh, and it's during that time that the host will say, hey, you know we have a special guest and the special guest is usually a newer comedian okay. that they'll bring on. And give them a shot because if you can survive during the check spot, yep. that means you're a little stronger because people are not paying attention yep. to to the show yep. when they're paying their bills. <clears throat> you know, people who enjoy the, the entire night at a comedy club until it's time to yep. to pay for some overpriced liquor. You yep. know, so uh, so first first uh, not necessarily in your case, but. Comics will usually get in by either working on. Sometimes they might work on the door. Yep. Um. Sometimes they'll they'll work. Uh. You know, behind behind the door in the office. Um. Uh. They might be a, a barker out on the street, getting people to come into the club. 
and then the check spot. Then after you get after you move, you graduate from check spot, they'll say, okay, you know what? We'll let this guy host um, because the host actually has has a, a lot of responsibility because they have to maintain the audience's attention yep. and they can't always rely on just their material. They have to learn how to do crowd work. Mm -hmm. And then from uh, going from hosting, then you might graduate to where they say, you know what? He can actually do a feature spot where he does 10 minutes yep. as part of the normal show, which is a big, big occasion because now you feel like you're part of the fraternity of all the comedians that are actually coming in and running to do other spots at different clubs. And then eventually you go from feature, featuring also meaning you can feature when headliners come from out of town. They'll say, you know what? He doesn't have to host and he can do 15, 20 minutes to fill in before as an appetizer before the main course aka the headliner from out of town comes on the road and, and does their thing and then eventually headliner i was just i was filling that in i was like like uh filling in the blanks for for those people that might not that might be new to the for the monkey protocol or just new to comedy and are, and are learning because they don't <clears throat> always know the jargon now one difference is because you're speaking from the New York perspective. Okay. Um, when you're in the Midwest, most of the shows is it's just it's a three person show. Okay. With a host, a feature act, and a headliner. And then, okay, so, so it's fifteen, okay. thirty, or forty five minutes. Okay. Each. That's what everybody's doing. And so, uh, and so in my case, I was getting a lot of MC work. Okay. I was getting M now. This is what happened. One at the graduation, it just so happened that the comedy club owner was in the back of the room. Oh wow! So it's, he, he, he normally isn't. Apparently, he, but he was, just he happened was, to be and, there that and night. I happened to be the person to come up there, and somebody even one of the other comics even told me. He said, "When you walked on stage, and and the way you took the stage, he said, I know you were gonna get you were gonna start getting work." He said because the club owner was sitting in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. Of course, I really didn't know that because I right, know, right. I, I didn't know who was who. Right. Um. So that started giving me MC work. But what he did was instead of he liked my energy. Okay. So what he did was he made it a four. He started making a four man show. Mm. What he would do because he was thinking about doing it anyway. I just happened to come along when he decided to do it. Okay. What he wanted to, he liked giving people the bang for their buck. So what he would do hmm. is he would have somebody like he would have the MC do like five to seven. Okay. And then have an opener do seven wow. to ten. Okay. And then a feature, then a headliner. Right. And so, but that's why I was on stage for uh, for a long time. I mean. Right. Like a year, I was like the main guy right. for good, but I wasn't doing a lot of material, right, right. which was which was kind of the problem. And so when I had enough material to actually do the bigger slot, mm -hmm. they kept saying we're going to give you more dates, and they wouldn't. So I kind of was like, you know what, maybe this, you know, because I, I at the time again, I didn't know that this is, I didn't know that your your home club doesn't move you up fast, right? You know, right. because what he's saying, what they're telling me, we can't get you any dates. Mm -hmm. People in other places are like, man, dude, you need to you need to come up here and do thirty, you know, twenty, twenty five, can right. you do twenty five, thirty right. kind of thing. So And that's the difference between uh stand up no, I don't even say stand up, but just the realm of entertainment versus um say sports. Mm -hmm. Like in sport if if you go if you go to the basketball court and you suck, but you brought the basketball <laughs> Um, you're gonna get you're gonna get in. Someone will you'll wind up being on somebody's team yep. just because it's your basketball. Yep. Might not get any. No one may pass they you the may rock. Not pass you the ball. One but time. you playing. Yeah. But if you get on that court and you're good, 
you know, like um, uh, the producer of our show, um, Joseph Vesey, Joe's, Joe's a white cat, but Joe is illmatic on basketball. Like, Joe is nice, okay. right? And and he's very non-assuming as far as how he looks. So you wouldn't think white white men can't right. jump. Right. So if he goes goes to basketball court, a lot of people are gonna assume he can't play. Right. Right. So he might sit on the side, like not nowadays, but back in the days he probably sat on the side because nobody would choose him. And then he'd eventually get in the game, mm-hmm. and then he shows how nice he is. Right. Now everybody right. wants him to play. That's the difference between between uh, entertainment. Entertainment is not always about how good you oh, are. Not at all. It, it, it could be about the politics behind yep. it. It could be about. They somebody you know the manager of the club. Not saying he didn't like you, but oh, could no, have been so yeah. many so many variables yeah. that a new comedian. Because I remember going through the same thing, and 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 when you're new, you're like, man, but I'm I'm good. Yeah, I should be, and I, and people are telling me I'm good. Yeah, why are they not put me put me on or give me a shot? Which I can see becoming frustrating and, and yeah. possibly make you say, man, I can't, I'm tired well, of this. Especially, especially when you don't know that that's the norm. Right. Because again, with comedy, it's a lot of, when you first get in, it's a lot of stuff you go through and then you find out later on, this ain't, this is not unique Exclusive to you. Exclusive to you, right. Because it wasn't until I got on the road mm-hmm. and start talking to other comics right. and they all had the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, my home club. Because now in my case, I wasn't asking them to move me up. Right. It was always them telling me, right. "We're going to move you up because right. of these, because of these things." Right. And so th- that's what the frustration was: was that I'm not asking you; you're telling me right. you want to move me up, and you're not giving me a date. Right. So I left it alone, um, and then I think uh, I'm trying to think. It was a so I was off for like 2000. I'm saying it was 2004. Something like that. 2004, 2005. The reason why I started, the reason why I got back into comedy. <clears throat> I had this vision, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, had, I had, you know, took a break from comedy, had been out a year, and I had this vision, and in this vision, I saw a black curtain with the spotlight on it, mm. and I saw a cordless microphone, mm. and I saw my hand going to reach for the cordless microphone, mm. and as I was grabbing for the phone, as I was grabbing for the microphone, the microphone started fading in the distance away from my hand. Mm, wow. So, I took that to mean if you don't get on stage immediately, you're gonna lose the gift. Oh wow, wow! And so immediately. So this was like literally, and you had an epiphany. Yes, sir. Oh wow! And so immediately, and it was the second one that I had about comedy, but this is the one that made me go. I got to get back on stage. Right. Ironically, it was almost a year to the day when I got back on stage because the same headliner who was headlining. The last time I had been on stage Came back to was town. at the exact same club, sitting in wow. the room again when I got back on stage the next time. Because usually when, when cats, like, when you do the road, you usually hit a club at least once a year. Yeah. So, uh, like, for like for for those that, that follow the show, y'all know I was just at the Denver Improv. So, as I'm leaving the Denver Improv, they'll say, okay, we'll bring you back in about 11 or 12 months. Within yep. the next 11 or 12 months... Um and so you because you become part of that rotation that's right. that's crazy yeah, son. That's, yeah. and, and even crazy not a cra- I don't even like using the word crazy that's that seems almost as if it's some sort of divine intervention yes. because first you had first you had the minister of your church yes. yeah tell you that you should be doing this yeah then you step away from it and then you have not one but you have two visions yeah man that tell you listen uh 
James. Uh, if you want to be the teddy bear, this thing. <laughs> That's funny. You know, you better yeah. you better uh, tighten up, or it's gonna bounce. And I commend you for for actually following it, because a lot of people, you know, I don't think people don't t- don't pay attention to those omens. A lot of times they don't, you know. And I was like, when I when I, I, I when I say I immediately, and here's the funny part: I'm going away from comedy for a year, right? Mm-hmm. A couple things happened before I got. I think it, before I got to the stage, the main thing that happened was I'm at an open mic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember exactly where I was at, too. Uh-huh. I'm sitting there. I'm at an open mic. And I'm, I'm, it could have been just the night. Mm-hmm. But it was people on, on this open mic, man, that was killing so hard uh-huh. that I, I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry that they was killing. Right. But I couldn't believe how hard they was killing uh-huh. because it was like, wait a minute, I was I was funnier than them a year ago. Right, right. And then that's when I learned, yeah, but now they're a year stronger. Right, right. Because they didn't stop doing didn't the open stop. mics. Didn't and stop. I didn't I didn't realize I didn't have to back away from it. It's like, no, you should I should have still been doing of course I didn't know, right. but no, you keep doing the open mics regardless of what's happening. Right. Because you get stronger, you keep getting stronger right. that way. And so, um and so that was the that was the seeing them mm-hmm. definitely was like a I ain't never quitting again as long as I live. Right. <laughs> no, I, but you know <laughs> that's my last that was my that was my last time quitting. That's was that's, the last that's, time I quit. That's real talk too because I you know I I Often t- I hear about a lot of guys that'll stop and start and start and stop, and you'll hear somebody say, "Man, I've been doing this, I've been doing this for however long." And number one, if you've been doing it long enough, you don't have to announce it because people just recognize. Yeah. And know. Yep. But secondly, um, I, I remember hearing an, an old adage, um, a story, I should say, where uh, there was there was a cat that. Worked a job, and he kept every year. He went up for promotion, and he never got promoted. And then uh, after he was there for about five years, um, they hired some new people, and he trained some of these new people. And then one of the new people got promoted to a job higher than he had. So then he went and complained to management. He's like, "How how could you promote him over me?" I um I have five years experience and they were like nah you didn't have five years experience, uh you had one year's experience re- repeated five times. Oh wow! And that's how I look at a lot a lot of people when they stop and stop and go and stop and start and and people should look in the mirror and say that yeah it, like you did and realize you know what. It's not that I'm. It's not that I have. 10 years, 15 years experience. I'm just making the same mistakes that I made in year one. Yeah. And that's why some people don't move forward because they're making the same errors that they were making when they first started out. You know, you learned that early on, took that year off and realized, you realized a bunch of lessons. Yes, sir. In that, in that one year that a lot of people still make to this day and and and, and no because now now we live in an era where if you tell somebody what they're doing wrong they might take offense and say oh he hating right nah, i ain't hating you just right. i'm trying to make you better trying to you know tell you the truth yeah yeah and after, so after the open mic i get to the comedy club and what happens the club had to see me for a year right they didn't want right. to give me no right i walk in the door oh jay now now they want me to they want me to get on stage i'm just going to hang out again right they want me to get on stage, and not only that, 
they want me to follow one of my favorite comics in the city mm. who is basically headlining. Right. And I was like, I can't follow him. Right. Did you say that? Then? I told, you told them. Okay, they, was like, they was like, we want you to do 15, they we want you to do 20 minutes, and we want you to go after this dude named Jim Rose, Native American comic. Okay. Now he lives in LA. Okay. I was like, man, I can't follow Jim. I said, first of all, I can't follow Jim Rule. Secondly, Rule? R-U-L? Yeah, R-U-E-H-L. Okay, uh, Rule. Okay. Um, Ojibwe. As he's Native American. Ojibwe is like the, oh, okay. the tribe or whatever. Okay. And uh, I was like, I can't follow him, number one. I said, dude, I haven't been on stage since the last time you saw me. That was honest to you because I know a lot of dudes would have lied. I know, but I was like, like I feared for my life. <laughs> like, Because he just crushed so hard. It, it wasn't even about him crushing. Oh, okay. It was about the fact that I knew I wasn't prepared. Okay. Because I had, you know, the, I was thinking I was going to be emceeing or mm-hmm. doing like maybe mm-hmm. a little 10-minute spot. Right. But definitely <laughs> not, definitely <laughs> not going on stage in between Jim and the headliner. Right, right. And so, uh, and so that unpreparedness, you know, I got up there. I did my jokes. It, it was obvious that I was rusty. Like I wasn't, cause you know, I hadn't done anything. Right. It, nothing was tight. There was a lot saying? of. Was there a lot of man? Um, it's crazy it, out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man, it's here crazy. for the ladies. Here like, for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, wow. And so, but April of twenty, April of two thousand and six. Okay. Was when I actually they actually let me. I think they gave me a feature spot. Okay. They still gave me a feature spot in April, and after. Probably the first show, the staff was like, "We have never seen anybody bounce back that oh, okay. fast, okay, ever, okay." And That's I told cool. him, I was like, "I'm never." I, I was like, I ain't, "I'm never quitting again." Right. That I said, I, "I said I had to," and I think that was the same year I ended up start. I started getting feature work. Okay. That's and it good. was just like I had just I had just went back and was like, "I'm never quitting again," and that's mm-hmm. when I started getting more feature stuff on mm-hmm. the road, and you know, kind of. You know how it moves slowly but surely, mm-hmm. but but that but me getting back into it definitely was like I'm there. I ain't I ain't quitting. Anymore. Well, that's good. That's good. But it sprung it sprung off from that vision. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. It started at that vision. I it's, was like, it sprung from him uh, chewing them mushrooms and having that. <laughs> <episode. No, I'm laughs> that's funny. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, so so since then, you then obviously started headlining. Yeah. There and then. Across the across the great name, like where? What is your your main? Do you have a a main? Uh, I guess uh, initiative or goal. Saying okay, I want to. Do you want to do movies? Do you want to do television? Do you just want to be the best stand up you can be? Do you want your stand up to help catapult you into all of the above? You know what? What's because some guys are are happy just. You know, doing being a stand-up. Some dudes are happy being on these ships. You know, like like the, the you and I we were talking earlier, and there's a there's an there's an actor that he was part of Legally Blonde um, last year when I was on the ship, and I see now he's a, a singer in Burn the Floor. Okay, and and so some some cats are happy because here's the thing. I guess if you're if you're you might be younger and love seeing the world. This is like a vacation gig, you yes. know, to to some cats. But what about say say yourself? I would say, I, it's a couple layers on this, but I'll say this because I feel like I'm I feel like I'm at the last I don't want to say the last level, but I'm on the I'm in that last grouping of comics mm-hmm. who, when I use the term grew, grew up in comedy, when I say grew up, I mean grew up in comedy. 
I grew up under the old school comics, mm -hmm. and so I'm kind of sandwiched in between the old school comics mm -hmm. and then a lot of these alternative cats mm -hmm. that you know started. Give, give me some names, like the old. Give me someone who's like an old school comic that I, that, that like I feel like I learned from them. Okay, it's like yeah. um, like Joey Cola. Okay. Um, oh wow. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Joey Cola. Um, Hector. I don't know if you know Hector Rosano, but like Joey, a lot of New York guys. Okay. Um, Joey Vega. Joey Vega. Um, Greg Vaccarello. Um, yeah. Um. I don't, I can't put Tommy Savage in that group because he was he's he's younger than these other guys. Mm -hmm. But basically, our club brought in guys from New York. Our, okay, he liked he liked New York comics. Okay, and so that's what I watched. The manager of your club, yeah, the, the owner. Club. Okay, and so that's yeah. what I watched. And I knew in order for me to get stage time, mm -hmm. I had to write like they like wrote. that. Okay, and so that's why with me everything is set up, punch, 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 set right, up, punch, right. and it's like that through. Pretty much the whole set, right. but it, because that's what I saw as a style. Because mm -hmm. you're influenced by whatever your home club, right? You know, wants. What you're around, um, yeah. and so I'm saying that to say, I saw a lot of old school comics who were bitter about comedy because mm -hmm. they never got the sitcom deal. Right. Okay. But I looked at it like, well, wait a minute, you're you're making a living, right? On this, mm -hmm. you're you're still making a living. You 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 didn't get the you didn't get the stardom that you thought you should have got, mm -hmm. but you pulling in 80, 90 G's a year from telling jokes. Right. So I, so for me, it's like, at the very least, I, I want to have a comfortable life mm. just doing stand-up comedy. Okay. Now, while that being said, you know, it's like a certain amount of money. I would like to have a certain amount of money a year that's going to make me comfortable. I can invest. I can save up money. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, provide for myself everything. Right. That's number one. Right. But I'm the comic that wants to be the guy that can work everywhere. Right. To me, that's the only way I'm going to be able to do it mm -hmm. is I need to be, in order for me to, you know, accomplish the first one, that means if you got a check mm -hmm. and you need a comic, right. you are giving that money to James Irvin Berry. Right. So for me, it's be able to do everything. Churches, comedy clubs, corporate right. stuff, cruise ships, right. you know, everything. Be able right. to do everything. Um, if the sitcom stuff happens, mm -hmm. And the movie stuff happens, mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. The way I see it, it's all going to feed back into stand -up. the stand-up goal. Right. But I, I, I don't want to be like a, um, yeah, he did really well for them couple years. Mm -hmm. And then you fall off and then now... You're you, back you, in the club. You, no, no, I, and I'm fine with that. Okay. But sometimes people will get, they'll get, they'll pop. Mm -hmm. They trying to continue their life living off the money that they popped on. Mm -hmm. So now it's hard for them to go the rest of their life and now they bitter mm -hmm. because oh I ain't making that money. Right. Whereas I go, well no, if I make if I'm making a comfortable living here, just like um just like Larry the Cable Guy. Mm -hmm. As much as people is, you know, knocking this cat or whatever, I remember reading somewhere where I think before that character blew up, I think he was I mean, he was doing good on the road. Right, yeah. He, he, yeah. Wasn't, he wasn't sleeping in his car. Right. He wasn't, you know, he was, I mean, I would guess probably 50 G's a year doing stand-up. Mm -hmm. At the time when it was good, I mean, it was easier to do it that way. Right. And so he was making a good living. Surviving off of stand-up. Yeah, but mm -hmm. before the character blew up. And now, right. and you know, so of course after that story, I mean, he's great. But I'm like, yeah, that's. That's to me is level one mm -hmm. is to be able to sustain yourself. Right. But I would rather have a longer career than mm -hmm. to have something that pops and fizzles. Right. The flash in the pan. Yeah. So yeah. so if at the very least, because to me the television, the movies, all of that stuff just feeds into everybody knowing who you are. Right. And so you know, but to me, 
being that versatile where you can, because I've done churches. Like I've, you right. know, I've, I've done college. I mean, I've done the stuff. Mm-hmm. So now it's just about getting more work and all of it. And to me, the TV and the movie stuff gives you that exposure mm-hmm. where, you know, you can, I can feed those goals like that. Well, and that 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 also uh, boils down to what what you consider success, and um, you know, I, I think uh, you and I, and also you and uh, Pete Corielli and I, we were we were talking about that recently, saying you know, su- you you have to each individual has to define what success is for right. themselves, right. because some people get so caught up in the 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 you know that golden goose or golden egg and saying, I need to be this yeah. star. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but you've done a lot of things yeah. that <laughs> most people haven't. You've seen places that people have never seen. Yes, you, sir. You, you know, your, 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 your art, your talent has taken you to places that uh, most of your friends have never been have have given you experiences That's the exact that I just most people have never experienced. Yeah, and so to me, success success is being success is is really enrichment and and uh, expanding whatever the average horizons are. Most you definitely. know, so where whereas you know. A lot of people you know may have never even been to St. Martin, St. Thomas, exactly. or Nassau, Bahamas, and you're going there. You're going there so often now. On this, you're doing six. You've done what's this? This is your your fourth contract with yeah. this ship. So you've done at least twenty something weeks. Yes, and you've done it so much that now you don't get off the ship every right, time right, right, you right, go to right, Nassau. Right. You know, the first first two weeks you probably were on the ship. You're like, I got to go check out you see something because something, yeah. I ain't never just to take that picture and and put it on Facebook So because then everybody you know is like, yo, yeah. where are you? We in the snow, you yeah. know? Yeah. And to me, that's, that's uh, and I'll, obviously also you, to me, that's uh, how we define success. As, yeah, you want more. You yes. know, there's nothing wrong with having aspirations and, and uh, you know, dreams. But you're also living that dream because you are, you're, you're living your dream. In, yeah. in that you're, you're succeeding every, every day you get to perform as a stand-up comedian. And I, I'm keeping track of, track of your time. You're what, good. What time is the second show? You're good. Uh, 11. Well, it's 10. It's ten twelve right now. The third show is at eleven. It's seven oh, nine eleven. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we we actually are doing this in in my in my uh, in my state room at, at James. We actually it's both of us, so we both <laughs> laid. It's a problem. Oh yeah, that's right. You are. <laughs> yeah, I'm on this on the show you with the third you, Vlad. That's funny. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Pete Corielli's headline in the second show was started at nine, and right now we. Uh, That's what the y'all. Yeah, yeah, the 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 time. Uh, we're actually ahead of, and when we leave uh, from Sunday night to uh, Wednesday night, we're actually an hour ahead of East East Coast uh, Eastern Standard Time. So so my my watch says uh, 
9 says 913 <laughs> and so James just got nervous cuz he's like oh shoot we missed our show but it's actually 1013 like oh my god uh, and yeah. our next show is at 11 so we have we have a little bit of time so you so you're saying you do want more you'd be happy to 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 do TV and film but in the meantime you are also content being a well-rounded comedian that can work anywhere most definitely, because I mean, you know, when you were talking about people who haven't, I mean, you know, everybody knows somebody locally that that maybe somebody they looked up to or somebody who was like a mentor to them or whatever. Most comics have somebody local, and this guy named Tony Miller was the comic in in Milwaukee, and uh -huh. every everybody knew Tony Miller. Uh -huh. He was the guy, you know, not just because he was working, uh -huh. but because he was the guy like. He was always the guy that had a room somewhere. Okay. If somebody was coming through town, oh yeah, you gonna be on Sunday? Talk to Tony. He's got a he's got a spot on on your way home okay. where you can pick up an extra two hundred to headline right. or whatever. Like right. he right. was right. The, he was that kind of guy that always had right. a gig and was working. And so you know, uh, I you know, and, and and he was a close friend of our family, mm -hmm. uh, but but he passed some years ago, and um, and, Tony and, did Tony Miller Yeah, he oh, okay. he passed, and it's always in my head. It's like you you have to go further than Tony went. Oh, okay, okay. You, you know what I mean? It's okay, like cause, yeah. because he never he, he you know maybe he was going to but he never got to cruise ships. Right, right. So it's right, like right. okay, so you hit your your own cruise ships. You you got a step further than Tony. You always because that's that was like the guy. That was like right, this is the guy. Right. You know he was the guy that was taking people on the road. He was oh, he okay. he was the standard. And then there's other guys who you go, how come he didn't blow up? Mm. How, this guy didn't blow up, but then you see his act and go, he should be working cruise ships. Why isn't he working cruise mm -hmm. ships? Well, he, he, you know, guys doing it 25, 30 years that destroy, mm -hmm. they don't have the same opportunity that you have. Right. And so in my head, it's kind of like, you know, make sure you go further than, than other, the other people that you saw when you were coming up because, you know, that that's part of your um, goal setting. I guess right. you could say, make sure you go as far as possible. But so for me... I didn't know anybody else that was trying to do everything that they could. Okay. Um, Would you say that that cats um, back back in uh, Milwaukee did they did they get complaint? Like, say for instance, your boy Tony, God bless. Um, did he not strive to move beyond the Milwaukee circuit where he had like a, a you know a room all the now time? He, he, he was working everywhere. He was working all he, nationwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. He was he was always on the road. Definitely okay. always on the road. Um, but again, the cruise ship game was totally different. Yeah, and 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 explain to the listeners how because um, it's well, I'll let you. I'll I'll start and you finish it. I was walking after the first show tonight. I'm uh, walking through. Um, I went to the Grammy experience, and so I, I saw. Did you see the the two? Uh, I think it was a gay couple. These two guys. They oh, were the sitting stage right, right yep. here, and uh, I I saw them. So they called me over. I'm walking past them, and they they gave me kudos. And he was like, "Can I see your watch? Where'd you get your watch?" I was like, "Oh, you know what? I actually got this on the ship. Um, so you can probably go copy this Armani exchange joint." So um, he was like, "You know what? I was so happy." When you came out, I was so surprised um, because you were black. And he's like, I've cruised a bunch of times and I've never seen a black comedian uh, on, on these ships. He said, and then his, uh, his, his, his partner or, or just his friend was like, um, you know, I, I did Carnival once or twice and they've had black, black uh, one or two black comics. But most of the cruises I've ever been on, 
the the comedians were not of color yeah. and so generally speaking i didn't want to really go uh watch the comedy shows because right. i knew i was not the demographic that that comedian was speaking to so when when he saw us he actually was was happy uh, to get a different perspective than right. what he was used to. So, right. so, so explain what you were about to say as far as. Well, I know that. Um, I mean, really, that's the that's the key thing for it. It's kind of like um, I really didn't know too many black comics that were doing cruise ships. Right. Um, right. The first dude, you know, Louis Ramey. I know Louis Ramey. Yeah, yeah Ramey was Ramey was doing like he and I had a long talk a couple months ago, and he was. He's the only only black comic, even though, and that's not just Louis Ramey is not an urban comic exactly. Uh, but he's the first black comic I knew of that was doing cruise. He was doing cruise ships back in the nineties, as a See? matter of fact. But he and he's been out there for a long time. But he's also always had sort of an evergreen, universal style of of uh, comedy. And and I think I think there's a couple things to that. Obviously who's booking it mm -hmm. ma makes a difference. I mean it's like anything else if you know who's booking it right. then you know who to get in contact with. Quite honestly, as you know with comedy, a lot of people don't realize there are no there there th this information isn't handed to you. Right, right. You you know if you know somebody that has the information right. then you know so for all I mean, I'm in I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, the nearest boat Home we got is a pontoon. I mean, right. we, we 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 ain't rolling like that. Right. And so, a lot of times the information is not available to everybody, so you don't know how to, you know. So so I don't necessarily fault the comics because they were all comics that were not urban comics. We, right. I mean, we were going, you know, the Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee is a mainstream comedy club, mm -hmm. and so um, most definitely. I would say it's probably more so if you don't know, you don't know. Because right. when I got this gig, right. I had just got done doing a Google search mm -hmm. trying to find out where I would need to showcase to try to get on cruise ships. Really? I, could, I was like, I'm like, there's got to be, I had heard that there were showcases. So you actually uh, were seeking work on the cruise ship. I was ship. seeking work okay. on the cruise ship because, because I figured, I, I looked at it this way. I was like, you know, the majority of my act is, let's say, universal. It's evergreen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know evergreen. Evergreen is a Hollywood. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a Hollywood term. Like to, Hollywood term that they use to say universally accepted, and it's not referencing any particular brand and or style. It just hits everyone. You know okay. What I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. uh, okay. I'll Sure. <laughs> so uh, that's that's this week's uh, word. The word of the week is uh, evergreen, evergreen. yo. <laughs> well, I, I the trees. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. Um, I just went Hollywood on y'all. So uh, take my sunglasses off. We indoors. So yeah. So it's like well, it's like I knew my ex just based on based on the people that respond to me and give me feedback. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, I I reach a pretty good demographic, and I figured. I got innuendo at the most. Right. So I don't have to do a bunch of cleaning up because right. I don't. I, right. But I don't curse off stage. Right. So you're, I mean, you're right. You, know, that's, you and I have that. Yeah. We're so very that, similar. That's, I'm not a, so that, that wasn't difficult. So I was. And I couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. The people contacted me. Right. And it was like. The people from. The people from. Levity. Levity. That books. Levity who run the improv comedy clubs in uh, in the States. They contacted they you. They emailed me and said we were wondering if you would be interested. Now, how'd they find you? A referral from a booker that doesn't even really book me. 
That's funny. I've been trying to get in with this guy for five years. That's He's only given funny. me maybe four weeks in five years. That's hilarious. And when I actually. found out it was him, I kept, I was like, are you serious? I kept saying, are you serious? That's funny. That's who son. recommended? Because I, I was like, how did you find me? Right. When they, Because the name of the person that I kept seeing, the name seemed familiar, but I couldn't. I'm like, is this a comic? Right. And then I found out it was this booker who I emailed on a regular basis to try to get some work from. Uh-huh. And I, they really don't give me anything. But wow, and like even like the reason why people in my family know the booker's name is because whenever whenever anybody says, "Do you need prayer for anything?" I always go, "I need favor with this guy." Right. Because I wanted to get into his clubs. Right. Well, it turns out, <laughs> it turns out him recommending me to them. That was the favor. I get paid double what I would have got in his clubs anyway. Ain't that something? So it worked out. So well. it worked out just fine. Did you ever contact him and, and uh did you say, Hey man, thanks I for surely referring. did. Oh, a was, couple was... times. I'm like, right. Can I send you a Christmas gift? Like, uh, <laughs> and, like and, what and, kind of thank you can I send you? And from you getting from his referral and you now working doing doing some twenty something weeks on this cruise ship in the last year, did that turn into him then giving you a weekend? Nope. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was trying to have a, a, a happy ending, a nice bow, Still, you know. But but that, but that's the but way it's it's all good. It's yeah, because in fact, in fact, when I forgot, I think I might have, I think I sent him an email. It was like, do you know of anybody else? He gave me another person's name and said, tell them I'm referring you to them. Okay. So. I could actually contact them mm-hmm. and maybe possibly get some more work right, right. on cruise ships. Oh, wow. based on, but he's got so many people on his roster that it's kind of like right, right, right. I can't fit. I can't. So fit maybe everybody. that that was his way of saying, "Listen, I I think you're funny. Yeah, man. I can't fit you in, uh, but here I can at least can put in a good this. word, yeah. and, and I think I think you'll do well on those. Wow, that's uh, yeah." That's that's amazing. I didn't get one. I didn't. I haven't gotten a week from that guy in almost two years, man. Wow. wow. Yeah, but definitely not. But you actually you, you understand it. He, but he, he broke it, it yeah, down man. and explained it. Well, he didn't. I just I understood it okay. based on the situation. Right. I'm like, because obviously you. Th- I mean, you think about it. If somebody's like, we need we need a guy. We need some guys or whatever mm-hmm. that fit this. You know, we need clean. We need blah blah. blah and he's going. Oh, James Irvin, contact James Irvin Barry. Mm. That means that he knows I'm a, I'm a, he, he's seeing my emails. He responds every once in a while just to say he doesn't have work. Right. But obviously I'm, a, I'm in his, on his radar to some degree. Right. For him to refer, you know, refer me to these people and say, but, you know, this, this is what I think. And they, because he, rec- this is the quote. They said, you come highly recommended by this, this guy. guy. Oh, wow. And I was like, all right. <laughs> that's all you need that's, to say. That's all, that's all it takes. That's all you need to say. God is good all the time. All the time. All the time. God is now, good. real quick, because I know we, you have to get ready. I definitely got to get ready for this next show. You and I, we had a conversation. Excuse me, the other day about, and I'm not saying I won't say the names because I don't, because I don't want people beefing. Y'all could, y'all the listeners. <laughs> we spoke about because it's funny. Pete Corielli and I spoke about this uh, on last week's episode, and he kind of stumbled into it. We were talking about uh, having having comedians write, having having writers okay uh, staffed and helping you write your material. 
um, because this one 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 famous comic started. Uh, well, I won't say he started beefing. He just he felt a particular way about another yeah. uh, another comedian that's that's real popular. Um, you know, using a, a cadre of writers mm -hmm. to help him formulate his act. And and he felt like uh, it was cheating. He felt like having having a bunch of writers was cheating. So you and I, I watched that clip, and my biggest, I guess my, I I actually saw his point, and to some extent, it, it, him using the the verbiage saying that it was like using steroids, I kind of understood what he was saying, and and I I'm more purist where I like coming up with my own material mm -hmm. um, and being in the lab. I feel like we're all scientists. We're all in the lab stirring up our different pots of gumbo yeah. to present and say, okay, now taste mine. Um, so I saw his point, but I also, I don't have a problem with uh, somebody using, using writers to help formulate their, their ideas because ultimately it's, it's, is the individual comedian's experience that is going to uh, guide the material and the set. Yeah. Um, so, what are your feelings? I, I thought I thought you had, or I think you have some interesting uh, perspective <coughs> on it because we we had a good conversation about. Well, that. I I just feel like um, I feel like number one, and the way I the way I was explained it from the guy that he's talking about the way I the way it was explained to me was. He has these writers, and in a lot of cases, like they're helping him from the standpoint. You do a performance, okay? You get off stage, okay? So maybe we need to change this word to this, mm. and then move this sentence down here, mm. and you might get a bigger laugh. Right. I don't see any difference between me sitting with you and Rodney and whoever else. Rodney Laney. I'm sorry. Up. Yeah, Rodney Laney. Um, us sitting around talking and we vibing or whatever, right. and we you. Know, you know, we end up brainstorming. We end up brainstorming or whatever. I don't see any difference between us doing that and us doing that regular on a regular basis, right. and us doing that. And I'm able to pay y'all to do that with me, right, right? Because I look at it like if my, if my job is to be the best comic I can be, mm -hmm. you know, I know that I have deficiencies. To me, on the spectrum, it's there are comics that are great writers. Right. There are comics that are great performers. Right. Those are the opposite ends of the spectrum. And everybody should want to be in the middle. Right, like the goal right, is to right, be in the right. middle. But the fact of the matter is, there's some guys who are great writers who are not great performers. Right. I mean, and and I've and I've worked with them, and I've tried to buy the jokes that wasn't that was bombing. Right, right, right. Because I knew I'm like I know that I'm better on the performance side right. than I am maybe on the writing side. Okay. So if you read my jokes, mm -hmm. and I've had people say this to me when I've done writing workshops with people. And I would bring up my jokes. They would be like, that's not funny. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. But then they would see me do the joke on stage and be like, dude, that was hilarious. Right. But, it, but it's because vi because visually written down, it wasn't whatever. Right. It wasn't catchy. Right. I'm pushing this joke. My personality, some people are personality driven like that. Right. And so for me, hey, if you can have another set of eyes mm -hmm. to look at your set and see what you can't see mm -hmm. and bring out something that wasn't there or add something. Mm -hmm. Some of my biggest punchlines that have gotten rounds of applause, mm -hmm. somebody was like, you know, you ever thought about saying X, Y, Z? You know, somebody, um, Joey Vega, I mentioned him earlier. Mm -hmm. He was the one that taught me about scale. Mm -hmm. And as far as, um, there's a joke and I say, Tweety Bird, 
Mm-hmm. I said Tweety Bird, and now it looks like, and I think I said like a black elephant. I was talking about a tattoo that got old or whatever. Okay. And he said it needs to be the scale. Tweety Bird, he said you should, you need to find something big and yellow that's right. older, which right. was Tweety Bird, it was Big Bird. Big Bird, so, right. Of course, he says that because everything is about a pension being painted. Right. Sometimes somebody else can kind of go, oh, no, try this to get that picture right, sharper. Right, right, right. And so for me, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just fine with that. I think there's different levels of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some guys who they just go to the fax machine mm-hmm. and read off jokes and be like, okay, I'm going to pay that guy for this joke. I'm going to pay that guy for right. this joke. It's not really necessarily about their act right. per se. Right. And you've got other people who are like, I need you to help me, you know, Find, it helped me flush out my voice and, right. and that kind of thing in my writing, and so I don't have. I mean, I personally don't have a problem with it because I kind of feel like if it's helping you achieve what you're trying to be, which is the best comic, if that's going to help you get there, then go ahead and do it. I mean, right. Twenty four karat gold is porous. Right. <laughs> Twenty four karat gold is porous. I right. mean, you know, fourteen to eighteen got some metals in it to make it stronger. Right. And if other people can help you do that, then. Why wouldn't you? I know me personally, I would love to be at the point where, where because it's, I do, I do see what they're talking about on the opposite end, mm-hmm. but I also look at it like, well, wait a minute though. If I, if I'm at the point where I can pay, mm-hmm. I'm employing other comics. Right. That's true. So now when you don't have a gig, I can, I'm another comic is going, Hey man, you right. know, we writing you. I'm, I'm still, and if I'm able to get you work, on you know with me right bringing you in to feature for me or whatever whatever if i'm able to get you more work i'm be i I see the productive side of that okay i see the 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 productive side where my material is growing um and again once you get to a certain point in this game um especially on let's say a star level let's Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. man i just it's you're not living life like you used to as mm-hmm. a comic that's struggling, so your perception is going to be totally different. Mm-hmm. Your experiences, your time is shorter. Mm-hmm. If you always on tour, right. I mean, and some and some guys are able to, right. and, and, and we, you know, Louis C.K. can come up with a new a new hour or whatever every year. God bless him. Right. Um, he's a great writer. Right. Yeah. That that's that's one of his that's one of his strengths. And he workshops a lot. You know, he 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 gets the. Even though he's he's working on a TV show and whatever countless other projects, Louis, similar to Rock, uh, Chris, or even say Tony, like if you if you're getting on stage, you getting those at bats, you getting reps on stage, yeah. then it makes it a lot easier to 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 continue to come up for with sure. uh, with material. Because for how how long I remember for you and I'm and I'm not saying that he wasn't writing new material. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not saying that he wasn't writing new material. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many years it was in a row mm-hmm. that people would complain. They would always say D.L. Hughley is funny, mm-hmm. but he's doing the same jokes that I heard him people do always say that last time he came through. People. And I and I didn't hear it from one person. Every time I would hear about D.L. Hughley, oh, like oh, him coming to say different comedy clubs, different different theaters or whatever. They were like, he did the same jokes he did last time. Oh wow! wow I'm not, wow. and I'm not accusing no, him no, of not writing. No, that's, but, yeah. but, but what I'm saying is, if he's on tour that much, right. How is he gonna? Where is he gonna work on this new right, stuff right. to be able to come up with this new hour or whatever to be able to present to the audience? Oh, see, but the, now in my opinion, if you're if you're touring, you can also throw in new material. I know when I go on the road, if I have a new idea, 
if say I'm doing Thursday through Saturday, Thursday through Sunday, Thursday at least I'm going to work on the new joint, you know, or okay. a couple of new joints. I won't necessarily leave. I won't open with a new joke. I might not close with a new joke, but I can throw That's a new funny. joke in the middle. I will open with a new joke in the hmm? middle. Um, I don't know why. I you know what I like um I like sandwich there's safety in sandwich in, in my opinion because you get you you're guaranteed they're they're on your team. Now the flip side is I know if I'm in the city I have no problem if I'm in New York or L A. Um, and I'm just doing a Tuesday night or or Wednesday night or Monday night whatever a weeknight I I always feel like a uh, Monday through Thursday. Is your play around yep. time to workshop jokes and workshop material, but people pay good money for on the weekends, so I'm going to give them a. Well, the thing is, whenever I do a new joke, this is this is weird. Is but it's, I heard other people have the same. They it go, they go through the same thing. It's like I have a feeling, and I'll go. I think this is going to work. Mm, and okay, then, and yeah. then I, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. It'll kill. Okay, and never kill again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which sucks because you're like, you're like, wait, but it, but you know what? That that to 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 tie back to the original point you made, that goes back to your first time riding the bike, yes. your first time yes, getting on stage, first time you do a new joke. Yep, it's fresh, it's exciting. You're excited about it. Yep, you're excited about uh, this brand new idea that you just came up with, and so you deliver it. Yeah. With with a a, a vigor and and uh, and, uh, and excitement that also entertains you. Yeah. Then, um, after you've done it a couple of times, it might excuse <laughs> me. It might not be as it's, it's like sometimes people say, like if a dude's trying to holler at a girl for a long time and he's been wanting to wanting to get some and then he finally gets some. It's good that first time. Yeah. And then each time thereafter, it's like. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's all right, you know, because um, we all have that. We all yeah. have. We all have. We all have jokes that, like, everybody has a joke that other comics love. Yeah, and it's funny when you, as the performer, get tired of doing that joke, mm-hmm. and now you're not delivering it. Yep. with the same tenacity that you did when you first started doing it. Yeah, and other comics are like, yo. Man, you don't do that thing yeah. with it the yeah. way you used to do it, yeah. you know, and um, and so I think that's also the, the uh, a new joke winds up experiencing that after the after the first time you did it, it's not it's not innocent anymore. Right. It's not it's not an innocent idea. It's not an innocent premise. You might somebody might decide they're gonna try and do their version of yeah. that joke now. So yeah. now you're angry. Now when you're performing it, it's not just pure because you're angry that. Now other people are trying to uh, yeah. do their version of it, and you're like, man, but I did it first. Yeah. Nobody else was thinking about that. I thought about it. It was dope, and now all y'all, because comics sometimes hack comics, hack yeah. need comics, yeah. will do that where they wait for you to take the chance. Once you take the chance and prove that an audience will ride with you on that, um, now... Now they're like, oh, I'm going to talk about that too, yeah, you know? Yeah. 
Like I, I like black people don't don't talk about suicide. So I've been talking about suicide on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but the angle is the, the the ultimate idea behind the joke is I'm too vain to to ever commit suicide because I'm not famous enough yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Um, but the fact that I'm a I'm, I'm a comic of color discussing suicide right. is is almost taboo. Yeah. You know. Um, but now that I'm hitting on it, I definitely can see other people saying, oh, you know, and, um, yeah, yeah, I always thought about, cause what happens is people start, they'll hear your joke and then they might sit in the back of the room, laugh, uh, innocently at your joke and then start tagging it. Yeah. They might not give you the tag. They might start formulating the tag in their mind. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, they on the road yep. and suddenly they're like, they start talking about suicide right. I've, because I've seen it happen. I've yeah. seen, seen, you know, I'm, I'm on a, a sort of an all-star show with a bunch of comics and then you come off stage and then the, the host winds up sort of riding the wave of whatever you ended, whatever you kill with and next thing you know, you're like, yeah, why are you talking, dog? You talking about it a little too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, they now have five minutes on whatever you were just talking yeah. about, you know. So that's, uh, I don't know, that's an interesting uh, perspective. Um, well, James, man, because we got a show to do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we got to get up and roll up out of here, man. I appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Um, Thank you for having part me. Of, uh, oh, without question, man. Uh, it's part of this, uh, you know, this 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 Road Warrior, Road Dog series, whatever I'm calling it, here in the For the Monkey Protocol. Um, yo, I hope I hope y'all were enlightened and entertained, especially all the new comics that, uh, you know, always sit down and listen. I hope we gave you something to think about. Um, as you take your journey, um, <laughs> the, 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 if, if there's no other protocol you follow, make sure you listen to the omens, man, because God, God gives you the signals, but so often people don't pay attention to oh, them no. and ignore them. And, and next thing you know, you working in a cubicle saying, man, I should have just gone ahead and tried it, right. you know? <laughs> and, and that's, that old age regret is my biggest fear. Word. Is that I didn't I didn't at least try. Word. That's you know what the I mean? Word. That's Just like, the... I, I don't, I, and I think anytime I get like reserved about, I always see myself sitting at a table just like pissed off because yeah. I didn't, like, man, I wish I would have. Right. Like, no, I don't want to have it. I don't want to. I don't want to have the shit could would man. Yeah. Should have could have would have the worst. And, um, and, you know, that's actually one of my favorite songs by Jay-Z. Uh, it's off of uh, Reasonable Doubt's first album, uh, Regrets. This is the number one rule for your set in order to survive. Gotta learn to live with regrets. Mm. On the rise to the top, many drop. Don't forget, in order to survive, gotta learn to live with regrets. Y'all, y'all know I, I always reference that song. Because I love the song, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we about to go uh, be funny uh, for some more folks. Uh, yo, as always, y'all dug the podcast, man. Uh, keep supporting All Things Comedy. Check us out on All Things Comedy. Subscribe, comment, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, follow my man James Irvin Berry, the teddy bear of comedy, on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And on, on the twats. Uh, what's it on the twats? Uh, <laughs> At James Irvin Berry. James E-R-V as in Victor. I-N-B-E-R-R-Y. That boy has education. He said E-R-V as in Victor. Uh, <laughs> me, I am Dean Edwards. Y'all know where to follow me, man. And uh, yo, we'll catch y'all next week on the Father Muckle Protocol. It's all love. We in the building, baby. We'll catch y'all next week. Two fingers. Peasy.
I think that went very well. 